Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 12 minutes after 5 on this Thursday morning, Brewers opening day in Chicago. If you're curious about whether we're going to get the game in, looks like that is a safe bet, although it's not going to be real nice. I was just checking Chicago weather. It's like temperatures in the mid-40s or thereabouts for first pitch at 120 this afternoon at 12.45 broadcast time here on WTMJ. As for our recent weather in our area, if you've been you know, having those conversations that a lot of us are, which is like, man, I feel like we got a lot of snow lately. Uh, you're right. We've gotten historic snow. Milwaukee Journal Sentinel talked with the National Weather Service recently. Their headline, March 2023 snowfall total is highest since 1965. The storm that dropped nearly 10 inches of snow last week brought Milwaukee tally to 23.1 inches, meaning the Milwaukee area now about 17 inches above its average snowfall for March, enough to rank this March as just the eighth snowiest, though, ever recorded in Milwaukee. Highest total since 1965. So folks who've been around for a while, yeah, it still is ranking up there. And uh, Journal Sentinel also reports, if you're wondering if there is still a chance to move into the top spot, that would appear unlikely. March of 1881, the record holder, 52.1 inches of snow. That's nearly two inches of snow a day. So we're not going that historic, Mike, but historic nonetheless. Yeah, no, that's pretty good because I feel like, what, in... November we used to get snow. October we we just don't like get those anymore, right. right? It's spring is now snowy, but baseball's back today, so who cares? Right, and not snowy in Chicago, as <laughs> I said, goodness. but not exactly pleasant either. Five thirteen. Brendan Snyder looks ahead to Brewers opening day next in sports. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Offices. One call. That's all. Sports desk. Here's Brandon Snide. With only six games remaining in the regular season, the Milwaukee Bucks entered Wednesday night with a two-and-a-half game lead in the Eastern Conference, and they were looking to add to that lead while visiting Indiana. He wants that shot, spins into a defender, tried to feed it inside, came right back to him. It has been that kind of night for Holiday as he gets it to drop. He's got a career-high 42 with still two-and-a-half to play here in the third. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ. It would be that kind of night for Drew Holiday. He would get the bucket there, and he would have himself quite the night, dropping a career-high 51 points. However, the game would stay kind of close enough throughout the fourth quarter until a Bucks run. There was about six minutes there left in the fourth quarter until Grayson Allen decided to put his former teammate, Jordan Wara, on a poster. Allen's going the other way. Dribble drive to the rack, and he sends it down with a ferocious one-hand slam. Get out of here. Oh, baby, he takes some chest bumps on that sideline. Are we seeing the highlights tonight? Or what? Oh, baby, oh, indeed. Baby. <laughs> that poster dunk right there would send the Bucks up double digits, 127 to 116 exactly, and they would cruise the rest of the way, outpacing Indiana for a final of 149 to 136 for their 55th win on the season. Giannis also with a monster game, kind of gets overlooked from Drew Holiday's, but Giannis had a good uh, a good night as well. 38 points, 17 boards, and 12 assists, kind of the norm. For, for Giannis, and after the game, he spoke on his buddy Drew Holiday and the night he had. Uh, he was unbelievable today. Um, we, we needed that from him. You know, they were playing really good. They were playing fast. They scored 130 points. Uh, and we needed every point from the 50 point he had today. Uh, he was unbelievable. He was moving the ball. 
he was aggressive, he was really the ball, he was guarding, he was he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. Not only was it a historic night for Drew, who had 51 points, as we mentioned, but it was also a historic night for the Milwaukee Bucks, who become the first team to have a 50-point scorer and a 35-point triple-double by two different players in the same game after the game head coach Mike Budenholzer speaking about those connections between Giannis and Drew Holiday. You know, there's a couple examples to me where Drew's finding him right in the honey spot and um, Giannis finishing, and, you know, those two guys have a connection, and um, the more guys we can get involved in that, the more diversified we can be. Um, but when we need those two guys, um, you know, they can either make the pass or, or score and just make us tough to guard, hopefully. The honey spot. Where man. Where is the honey spot I'm there still the trying court, to figure right? that found out. Well, he found him there. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> With the win... The Bucs improved their lead for the top spot in the East to three games over the Boston Celtics, a team which actually the Bucs will face off with tonight at Pfizer Forum. The magic number for Milwaukee to clinch that number one seed is now at four. Tip-off for Bucks and Celtics is set for 6.30 and catch full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 6 p.m. And finally, the wait is finally over, baseball fans. Opening day is once again upon us. Should be a national holiday, but... We'll digress on that. The Brewers begin their regular season down in Chicago today to take on the Cubs. Corbin Burns is slated to get the start for the crew, and he's he's pretty eager to get rolling and doing his best to lead this team heading into the new year. Yeah, you might want to go out there and set the tone for the year, and you know, for for the rest of the guys, that are going to be falling up in the rotation. So um, it's definitely exciting, definitely an honor. Um, you know, love love going out there and, and trying to trying to go as deep as I can in games and and set the tone for these guys. So um, that's the the plan for opening day. First pitch for the Brewers and Cubs is set for 120. You can listen to full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 1245. That sounds like a good plan from Corby. I will take it. (laughs) Coming up, this has probably happened to a lot of you. Lost in translation in a text message exchange. That story next on Wisconsin's... texting back and forth with someone and you're on one page and the other person is on another and sometimes you don't even realize it until you get face to face or you actually talk and you're like what were you talking about in the thing and they're like oh i thought you meant yeah sure (laughs) i got a a good story about that so folks maybe uh are familiar with steve wexler you hear him on the air on our hired show on wtmj he was long time our boss here and still works with us as we you know, talk about the show and things we can do to make it better and all that. So we had one of these meetings and we were talking about a story that I told on the air about when I was a kid and I was riding my bike and, and Wex said, well, it was just such a vivid story. I mean, I could practically see you riding your bike. He loves okay? a good bike story. So he, like, <laughs> he does like a good bike story. So we had shared that and, and we had a lot of conversation about it. And then I was texting with him way offline. It actually was in the evening and I was just getting ready to go into my kids were in the musical at, at the high school and, uh, we were texting back and forth about other things, and then he uh, he sends me this message kind of in jest, but he says, hey, forgot to ask you a very important question today. What brand shoes were you wearing? Uh, hmm, that's interesting. Wanted to know what kind of shoes I was wearing in the bike story, right? Yeah, okay. So I just, I, I didn't remember. It wasn't a piece of information that I had shared in the very vivid story, and wasn't really the point of my story, but he was hung up on the shoes, so I'm like, all right, Wex, well, so I, I texted back, likely Converse, before I became a Nike loyalist in the Jordan era. He texts back now. They looked suede. Beige hush puppies or something. Seriously, they weren't sneakers. Curious. 
And I'm like, well, I don't know, man. Like, it was my memory. Also, <laughs> they you know look like. That's like, a, okay. All right. How do you know what kind of shoes I was wearing? <laughs> I'm telling you, honestly, like, I don't really remember exactly what kind of shoes I was wearing. But all right, he was hung up on the shoes. I thought he was making a point about, hey, your story could have been more vivid if you shared even more detail. Sure. Right? So I thought that's where he was going with it. And, you know, I texted back to him. I'm like, I'm at this play for my kids, you know, a lot going on. I'm like, as for the sneakers, something like this. I sent him a picture of like your 80s era Converse that were sort of like fabric-y and had the big little Mm -hmm. half triangle there and the star. Not all stars. These were like the sneakers, you know. So I'm like, this this should tell him, should give him an actual image of the shoes that I perhaps was wearing in my story. He texts back, good luck with the musical. And no, they weren't sneakers. They were beige, brushed suede-type shoes. Really? Also, what's the musical? I'm like, why is this cat so hung up on the shoes? Right? He's really adamant <laughs> what, about what, what I was wearing. Okay. <laughs> so I told him, my kids are in Footloose, a lot going on, whatever. And uh, he said, oh, that's great, great. His last text, have fun, still need to know about the shoes. Again with the shoes. <laughs> You're stressing me out. It right? has nothing to do with me. And I'm busy. I'm half paying <laughs> attention. Again I'm with like, the shoes. You know, this guy's an important person in my life and, you know, important person in our company. And I want to be respectful. But, like, what is I – don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. Finally mm-hmm. ran into Wex the other day. And he, again, with the shoes. And I'm like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, I don't really specifically remember. He goes, I can see them. They were like a brushed suede. They weren't sneakers. He goes, you know, it was when we were in the meeting up there. Oh. He wanted to know what kind of shoes I was wearing that day. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I really liked your <laughs> shoes. And, I, and here's him going, I can't figure out why he won't just tell me what kind of shoes he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> like, so we figured it out. They were rock ports, just so you know. Oh, yeah, nice. They were nice shoes, too. I, nice I will say they're shoe. very nice shoes. So good. We got we got that settled. Sometimes, man, shoe when, it game goes, is solved. Right, when it goes back and <laughs> forth, maybe just call the guy, right? Real who's on first situation for you there? 526 on Wisconsin's Morning News. At 541, some 30 million Americans, maybe you're one of them, have a non-compete clause in a contract or similar agreement as a condition of employment. You know, when I was working at TMJ4, I always tried to negotiate those out. We are prepared to make you a very generous offer. And we are prepared to reject that offer. Yeah, that was an actual recording from my negotiations. No. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, Michael Scott in the office there. But uh, these are real things. A lot of businesses, different industries have non-competes. The federal government is proposing action that would eliminate them, wipe out the ones that exist right now, and prevent new such agreements in the future. I talked with Mike Grubich. He's president and partner at LAK Group. It's a local business consulting firm on what that could mean for so many workers. Bottom line news for them is that, A, hopefully you're in a, in a role that you really like. But if not, I think you're going to have a lot more flexibility in the future is what I estimate. The Federal Trade Commission is considering a rule that would void company non-competes and ban them in the future. These are legal documents that very often prevent an employee, even someone who's fired, from going to work at a competitor. Grubitz says there are legit reasons that companies do this. Because obviously they want to protect their important resources, and that's their people. But I I do just think, I think the government's been looking at it from a standpoint of, is it really putting people at a disadvantage if they're not able to go down the career path that they want to go down? No change has happened yet. ABC News reports the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is already threatening a lawsuit to block a potential change. But if you're in a hurry to get a new job, 
Grubitz suggests there still might be a way around a non-compete. People need to find jobs that they love to do. So don't let any of this restrict your your desire to go out and look and find something that you're passionate about, because generally there's a way to work around most of these things that is perfectly legitimate. And sometimes leave both sides happy. Vince Vetrano, WTMJ News. Again, Mike Grubich from LAK Group in Brookfield. Now, the FTC is in the public comment period on this. That's been extended until mid-April, so no decision can happen until at least after that. But, you know, these things run, you know, not just to people who do the type of work that we do, Mike. You know, if you're, you know, maybe you work for a company where you're creating formulas for something or you have code specific to your company. I mean, think of like Apple guy wanting to go to work for Microsoft. You can't take the company secrets with you. Yeah. Or an executive role. You know, they want you locked in for this amount of time. You can't just get all your good ideas from your board and go somewhere else. Right. We've invested as a company a lot of time in you and in your development. And then what? You just pick up and go. So I, I, I get why those are in there. But, you know, the part that always seemed unfair to me is, okay, if you fire me, you can't say I can't go work for the guy across the street. <laughs> you fired me. So that's where, you know, on an individual level, it gets a little hairy. I could see still an allowance for an agreement like, okay, if you go work over there, you can't do this kind of work. Or salespeople have this a lot. Mm -hmm. You've developed clients here as part of our company. You can't just lift them and take them over to our competitor. Those agreements perhaps could still happen, but the strict non-compete could go away. Are you kidding me? That is insultingly low. I don't even want to hear what your first offer was. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. With only six games remaining in the regular season, the race for the top spot in the East is starting to heat up as the Bucks entered the night with a two-and-a-half game lead over the Boston Celtics. And they were in Indiana on Wednesday night looking to add to it with a ton of help from Drew Holiday. Can Holiday get that 50-piece? He's got it on the right wing. Dribbles between his legs, working on Jordan War, his old teammate. Can he do it against Jordan? Backs his way in, fades, fires. Yes, sir. How about a 50-piece for the veteran Drew Holiday, the sixth in Bucks history to do it. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ as Drew dropped a career-high 51 points, as you guys just heard Dave right there, becoming the sixth Bucks to ever score 50 or more points in a game. He didn't act alone, though. After missing Monday's game in Detroit, the Greek freak was back and back in a big way. Vacuumed in by Giannis. He's going the other way into a trio of defenders. Pulls right over Wara and sends it down with a one-hand flush. Oh, Giannis, take it easy, big fella. That's your old teammate out there. The theme of the night is Jordan Wara can't play defense. Giannis would would add 38.17 boards and dish 12 assists in the game as he and Drew helped the Bucs become the first team to have a 50-point score and a 35-point triple-double by two different players in the same game, and they would cruise to a 149-136 win over the Pacers after the game. Drew, knowing this is a big week for his team, and they needed a big win on the road. felt like it was a must-win game, and I was just taking the opportunities given. I'm a lot of driving to the basket, um, getting to the paint, trying to get fouled, but really just being aggressive because I know how much we needed this game. Drew was pretty much aggressive all game. However, the third quarter was a little bit different for him. He dropped 18 in that quarter, and even Coach Bud, who addressed the media after the game, wasn't so sure when his point guard started his scoring barrage. I don't know when it started, but uh, it just, you know, it was like a snowball that just he just kept getting there and good things kept happening, his size and strength. And, you know, for him to 
you know, just, and, and I still think make good decisions around it, you know, understand spacing. And so uh, it just, it, some of it happened organically. And then obviously we started trying to, to just give them space and give them opportunities. The Bucks finish their four-game road trip now with three wins and look ahead to Boston tonight at Pfizer Forum. Tip-off is set for 6.30. You can catch full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 6. Over to the Diamond where the long wait is over. Brewers baseball is finally back, and they get ready for a trip down to Chicago to start their season against the Cubs. Brewers ace Corbin Burns is expected to get the start, and he is excited to see where he and the rest of the starting rotation can accomplish all season long. Yeah, we, I mean, we've seen what everyone can do uh, when they're healthy and at their best. Um, gosh, we've got six, seven strong um, that can get a lot of outs at the big league level and can do it very well. Um, so if we, can, if we can keep everyone healthy and Everyone performing at, at, at the level that we, we think they can. You know, it's a group that can, can go a long ways and um, carry this group a long ways. And um, I think there's a lot of very quality innings that can come out of the, out of the, out of the starting rotation. Then. First pitch for the Brewers in Cubs is set for 120. Listen to full coverage, as always, right here on WTMJ, the home of the Milwaukee Brewers beginning at 1245. Looks like temperatures in the mid-40s for that first pitch at 120 this afternoon. 549 on Wisconsin's Morning News. I can show you the world Shining, shimmering splendor Earlier this week, Marcus Performing Arts Center announced plans for its 2023-24 season Broadway across America with uh, shows touring across the country. Says Milwaukee's lineup is... One of the best they've ever laid out. Well, getting three Wisconsin premieres is wonderful out of the seven shows that are coming. You know, the Milwaukee audiences are very, very smart. They go to New York. They see shows. They know what they want to see. They want to see shows direct from Broadway. That's what they're going to get. So the season kicks off in October with Aladdin the Musical. In town for the announcement was Broadway performer Major Attaway, who plays Genie in the production. He performed a song from the show, and then I got a chance to spend a little time with him. So thank you so much for coming to Milwaukee. Kind of feels strange though. You warm all up and play, do one song, and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it, it's a part. You know, it's a part of the beast. Um, doing the work is only a small part of it. Once you get to this level, mm-hmm. but making sure that you advertise it properly so people understand, you know, how much goes into it is just as important. Major, you get a great role though. I mean, you get to be Genie. How wonderful is it to go out there and and be that character night after night? Oh, I, I tell everyone, I. I lucked out or like across the board not only is it one of the best written roles for someone who looks and sounds like me but <laughs> but he the character himself you know he is he is one of the most powerful in the dynamic of Disney itself, you know, so he's allowed to cross the fourth wall. He's encouraged to do so. He's encouraged to to ad lib, to improv and um, to, to bring, you know, bring that nostalgia full circle into today. And I think he's it's a unique it's a unique guy and he's really fun to be talking with Major Attaway. He is Genie in the upcoming production of Aladdin at Marcus Performing Arts Center. You know, a show like this, too. What I love about it is it's going to bring young people into the theater. Maybe maybe they'll have their first musical experience maybe they'll have their first ever theater experience because of shows like this uh absolutely you just (laughs) you mentioned when when people asked me what my favorite part about being in aladdin was and that was the answer it wasn't 
it wasn't getting to play the genie itself himself it was what it represented it was the fact that i had been doing community theater for all of my life you know 25 years and then the first job i get to do is aladdin on broadway and the first moment of that production is me alone on a Broadway stage. That means without a doubt, every single performance I did, I'm someone's first Broadway memory. And that I do, I do not take that lightly because that's the same building that I saw my first Broadway show. And I saw the Lion King there, you know, when I was 10 years old and I still speak directly to whoever's sitting in the seat that I remember that I sat in on that aisle. So it's, that's a powerful thing. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> I know you, you heard a little bit of the announcement here tonight. We are so fortunate. Milwaukee's not the biggest city in the country, but we definitely are above our weight class in terms of the art that we're able to pull in, that we produce locally, and also that we bring in here. Absolutely. I even saw in some of the announcements, um, there's a, there's a, a jazz singer that is coming mm-hmm. that is a favorite of mine. But even, even being here in the city, honestly, the walking around earlier today and seeing the history and how these buildings look and everything. I was like, I, I love, I really love everything about this energy. And then my the driver for the car was telling me about uh, the music festivals that are happening that I have to come back to. And um, yeah, it's great. I'm a fan. Well, we can't wait to see. When, when is when is Aladdin here? Um, October. Ish. All right. All fall. October 2023. Even better, right? No the, snow. We'll be all good. It'll be great. That's right. <laughs> this will be the perfect time for everyone to come dressed up as a genie so you can all grant wishes. It'll be great. Major Attaway. You can see him playing Genie in the touring production of Aladdin, the musical, coming to the Marcus Performing Arts Center this fall. MarcusCenter.org for times and ticket information.